Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Nick and Gary Get Serious About Jokes. I am Nick. And I'm Garrett. All right, yeah, and we are here again to talk to you about laughter, humor, jokes, and the Nashville comedy scene. Uh, uh, once again, brought to you by Eastside Legal, Eastside Legal LLC. That's Eastside Legal LLC um, for your legal questions, legal needs. Feel free to um, hit them up. They can uh, help you or they can get you in touch with someone who can. And uh, also, we are sponsored, just as last week, uh, by Cardin Illustration. Um, for your illustrating needs, you do not have to be in the Nashville area. You just need to have access to a computer. Uh, uh, Cardin Illustration uh, makes their own puzzles. They just they just finished a project for the Ryman. Um, they are working on, uh, I think there was a, a, a trip in North Carolina. So just a lot of big things there. If you are in the very narrow uh, illustration um, and legal need, uh, if you're in that very narrow Venn diagram, that you can um, hit them up. All right. You can tell from that uh, commercial that um, not as strong as normal. Um, not that that's too big of a deal. But, um, Garrett, what are we talking about today? What are we... Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, I said, uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, I think we're going to be talking about um, like our personal favorite jokes that we've made, and we're just going to be kind of dissecting them and... You know, looking at the process of how we got to them and, you know, maybe some early examples of how it changed and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a good one because, I mean, we we talk, uh, you know, I know the first couple podcasts, you know, we'd get really serious about um, or get technical sometimes about jokes and joke writing. And uh, we, you know, we've still gotten pretty in depth on humor but we've gotten away from some of the technicalities of, of of the individual joke i think this would be a good um hey gotta sneeze again um a good one to, to to talk about today so yeah perfect yeah let's uh let's go ahead and jump into it man like do you have a like a favorite joke one that you just that's your go-to um like if you're in trouble or or is it just or is it like a cluster of jokes that you just kind of like all of them, you know, this, that are in that cluster equally. Yeah, well, I definitely have favorites, the ones that, like, I enjoy telling the most. Um, and sometimes that's just because, like, they're the most recent. Like, like usually, like, you know, I have jokes that, like, I've been doing for a while that usually perform well. And, yeah. like, those are, like, consistent. But the ones I'm usually most excited about are not the ones that I've most recently written, but ones that, you know, I've, I've written in, written and have been excited about and have been able to use them a few times and I can tell that they work, but I'm still trying to like find exactly where I want them to be. Those are the ones that are like the most exciting for me to tell. Um, but one joke, I don't know. Um, one joke that usually goes pretty well that I tell a lot is like, it's like this joke where, um, I'm like imagining if there's an app for religions and stuff. Uh, and so like in that I'm like, I mean, it's like Tinder, but with religious figures, yeah, so I'm like yeah. going through like Muhammad's page and like Jesus's page. And I'm like deciding who I swipe left or right on. Yeah. That I, I've, uh, I like that joke. Um, and, and I've had, I've gotten to play with it quite a bit because, you know, there's so many religions that I can just add in, um, pretty much whatever I want. So there's a lot of freedom there. And like the basic stuff stays the same. 
same, but like it's pretty fun to experiment. Um, so that's probably a pretty good example, I think. That is a good one, man. I like. I mean, I think part of comedy is you know taking or it can be it, taking two things that don't normally go together that you won't think to put together and smashing them together in a way that that is funny and makes sense in, in some level. And right. the picking religions and, and, and the, the, the Tinder, the dating app thing, uh, it goes over well. I mean, it's probably, you know, I feel like Tinder jokes, since so many people have done them, they're hard to do well. And I think yeah. it's probably my favorite Tinder joke because it's not really a Tinder joke. It's like, it's right. a vehicle for... Um, you know, religious commentary, you know, uh, and, and so. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and I really do like the joke, but one thing that, that I do sometimes think about with that joke is like you said, a lot of people do Tinder jokes. A lot of people do like, um, a lot of people do app jokes in general. Like a lot of, I think there's a lot of jokes that are like, well, there's an app for that, you know, so it, it feels a little bit like, you know, if sometimes it feels a little bit weird, like doing this thing that hopefully is, I mean, I think it's good, but it's one of those things where it's like a pretty popular format. It's like, um, like how many times have you heard a joke that's like, that at some point they're talking about something and they're like, what was the meeting that led to that? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then they, they go into like the meeting room and they're like, it's this whole conversation, which is like a thing that is is funny because there's a lot of good jokes that, that go like that. But it's like a type of format that's, I don't know if it's kind of overdone, I guess, or used a lot at, at the very least. Yeah, that construct of like, like, how did this bizarre situation come about? And then trying to like have a logical conversation, you know, a logical dialogue um, in your bit about this absurd um, outcome, or that leads to this absurd outcome, I I agree. I, that is a it's a joke structure that I don't think I've used, but I can see I can see it getting some laughs. Um, yeah. But it seems like it could easily be if you were if you were in front of the right comedy crowd or the wrong comedy crowd it may seem a little derivative or predictable, but right. yeah, but definitely it's something you could probably get at least, you know, 15 seconds out of 15 to 30 seconds out of and get, get yeah. a laugh. I think it's one of those things where it's like, if you're performing um, to a group, it's like, how well do they know comedy or like how, how much comedy do they listen to or whatever? Because if they're just, you know, they're just, they haven't really heard of anything like it then it doesn't matter. Like you can tell, right. you know, you can tell stale joke formats all night long if you want, but if you're in front of a crowd, um, that, you know, sort of are bigger fans of comedy or especially if they're comics, uh, themselves, then they're probably going to be like, okay, I've heard this joke. Well, not, you know, obviously not the same joke, but I've heard this format so many times that I can't really enjoy it because I've just heard it so much. Yeah. Um, I know that, that, I think that it still depends on what they put inside the dialogue. I mean, I think it could right. still work. Yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, yeah, and I know you're not saying that it can't, but but it. I think if you if if you start to hear a joke and you think, man, I've heard this before, you know, if that thought crosses your mind, it can be hard 
to you know for the comic to get a laugh from you at that point. You know, yeah. I think certain jokes are like that. Even if I know I haven't heard them before, um, yeah, like uh, you know, like like if there's a, a joke about food allergies, you know, I feel like even if I haven't heard it, I've it, it sounds familiar. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's kind of yeah. like it can be tough to to pull off well, right? But yeah, I think it's um, you know people use you know for whatever reason they use a certain joke formats um, and some and. You know, some of them end up getting um, overused because that's just the nature of things. I think it's, you know, that like the ones that get overused are the ones that can actually be mined for a lot of comedy. Like Mm -hmm. the idea of like this weird thing and you're like, what was the board meeting or whatever that led to that? Like that's kind of like a funny scenario and it can be applied to a bunch of different things. So like it's like an easy thing to work from it's an easy thing to get laughs from, but then, you know, everybody does it. And then, you know, if you're in front of a crowd, the people that have heard all these jokes, then it, it, it actually changes and becomes more difficult, mm-hmm. I think, to, uh, to, to get a laugh with that joke format. So it, it, I think it's interesting because it, it starts out being sort of, sort of like, um, kind of, kind of like, like a boost, but then it, it, it kind of becomes a, you know, a detriment to, or, or it makes it a little bit more difficult for you. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I mean, it, I mean, I guess everything kind of has a, a little bit of a shelf life, or at least a, a rhythm, like a cycle where, um, it's kind of new, then it becomes kind of popular, and then, it, you know, it gets less popular because too many people are doing it, then it, then it gets forgotten, and then it gets brought back. Um, right. You know, like I think, uh, there's a joke. Uh, Bill Burr was talking about um, on his, I think it was his podcast. Ones where he's like in the in the eighties and nineties, there was this joke format uh, where he where it's like the, the the comic's telling a story. You know, I get in a car wreck and uh, the woman gets out the car and she's cussing me out. You're this, you're that. I'm gonna do this to your mom, and I'm like, sister Mary Margaret. You know, like that joke where it's like there's a story and someone is getting cussed out and then it's like and then I'm like mom you know what I mean like that oh you're right yeah Um, so like I guess that was an old joke structure or like an outdated joke structure but I I saw um, I saw Dion Cole at Zany's and he had a a joke with that structure um, with that joke structure and it went and it worked it was funny and even though I recognized the structure like it, it he, he snuck up on me with the punchline that I, I found it funny. I found it funny. Right, right. And um, so I, I, I'm guessing if you do it before the audience can catch on, can catch on, it's it, it can work for sure. Yeah. Um, and, but or it could just be the cycle is back, and you can tell a joke with that structure. So. Um, right. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if there's a there's a time frame after a uh, you know joke format stales. That uh, comes back into vogue. I think it has to because I think, especially if you think of like fifteen years ago. I mean, I think enough. There's a new crop of people who's going to be maybe hearing live comedy for the first time or going to live comedy. That if you wait long enough, you can tell some you know older uh, joke. You know. 
jokes right. with, and, and and there are plenty of jokes that have like an old structure that um that still work that, that never seem to really go out of style like i know right. one of my favorite jokes relies on the rule of three where you mm-hmm. um you know you the first two like the, you, you're listing three items and the first two are the setup and the third item in the list is the punchline and it's like right. uh, this is a joke where you know talk about this rescue pit bull um, that gets you know that attacks its family, and I'm reading this article about it, and I'm thinking you know the, the the pit bull has to get put down, but then I read the article and I completely change my mind, and the pit bull's name is Scarface, and so the punchline is you know like think about it, if you're the pit bull you know you're a pit bull, you're nicknamed Scarface, you're named after the second worst villain of the eighties. And now they want to dress you like the worst villain of the 80s, Cliff Huxtable. And the Cliff Huxtable part, I mean, it works. I mean, obviously, I didn't tell the, the joke joke like I would on stage. Right, yeah. But the family, the reason why the pit bull attacks the family is because they're trying to fit them into an ugly Christmas sweater. And I like that joke because when I wrote it, I did not, I mean, it just was like every, you know, every other joke that I had written. Um, but I, I, I told it. For the like, and uh, it got laughs, and then I told it at Belcourt, um, the, the the now deceased open mic, uh, R.I.P. Belcourt, yeah, uh, mic, open mic, yeah. Well, what? Oh, pouring out for Belcourt, yeah. No, but I told it, and I paused right before Cliff Huxtable, in a way where I, I paused and I just kind of said it real fast. I was like, um, you know. Pitbull, Scarface, and now they want to dress me like the worst villain of the 80s. Cliff Huxtable. Now, and then I just kind of go on to the next sentence, like almost tack on the punchline to the, at the beginning of the next sentence. And when I did that, I got an applause break. And I knew that moment. I was like, that's how I have to tell that joke from now on. And I think one of the reasons why it's my favorite is because I, I know I can open with it and it'll get a laugh. I know I can, I, it's great to close on. Um, just yeah. you know, it's it's, um, and I mean, I, I I went away from it for a while because I think the longer, you know, the further away you are from Christmas, the the the, the less dated, you know, the joke can seem a little dated, but you know, since there's been you know, since whenever Bill Cosby gets back in the news, it's like I know that that joke is going to be relevant and it's going to be funny, you know. Uh, it's gonna get, and and I think that there is a. I may not get an applause break, but I'll there like there's a minimum laughter that I'm gonna get, and so that that's one of my favorites, and it relies on a pretty old joke structure, you know that rule of three. Uh, right. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think that's something. I feel like that's a thing that just never goes away, because because it, it's it's almost like. I don't know, just kind of how the human mind works. is like after you see two things, it's like you have an expectation. So that, that, that means that it's like the, the third. The third is like the earliest time in a set of, like a sequence of things that you can surprise people. And since oh, comedy is yes. interested in like saying only the funny things and like having everything as concise as possible to keep flow going, it just makes sense for the third thing to to happen like the rule of three kind of i don't know i feel like you 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 kind of can't get rid of it no you can't um i will and i'll say 
I probably have more rule of three jokes than I really need. I think I, I, I can think of at least three other jokes that I have where I use the rule of three. Um, and it, and, and for me, like, cause I, I mean, it's a very well-known joke structure. I've, it sounds weird to say, I feel like I'm a comedian. Like, like when I'm telling those jokes, cause I, I mean, it's like something that I remember seeing on TV, like those types of jokes where I mean, you can see Conan do it. Jimmy Fallon, like they, they all do it. Um, Right. So yeah. I, it makes me feel like I'm, a, and and I feel like there I have a certain level of confidence in those jokes because they, uh, everything it's almost like everything is set up. I'm just filling in the blanks a little bit. Yeah. But I noticed that they don't. I mean the the Cliff Huxtable joke. I mean that almost always gets a laugh. Like, right. I mean I can't remember a time where it didn't. There have been times where it didn't do as well, but it's never just not gotten a laugh. But um, some of my other rule of three jokes, uh, when I talk about teaching English and I say it's uh, basically reading, writing, and plagiarism studies, um, that, that gets – it gets something. It's, but there have been times where it, it – it, but I know it's not going to kill. But it, I, I usually will do that pretty early in a set just to kind of get some rhythm and get, get my confidence up. Right, um, right. So – super interesting like the whole like you said like it is kind of like a comedy staple that, that people use a lot the uh, like the rule of three but I, I've seen some people like um, take advantage of the fact that it's so like widely used um, and like they'll like uh, like where, where they'll do two examples and then it's you know it's the setup of like their third example is going to contradict the first two but you already have the expectation that there's going to be a third one because you, you know, if you're, uh, you know, even like a, like a casual fan of comedy, you know, like that's just sort of how things happen a lot of the time. Yeah. But then, like, they'll instead of, um, instead of, uh, you know, um, breaking your expectation that's set up by the two, the two specific instances, they break your expectation of having a third one, and they'll just stop at two. Yeah, um, yeah. I've seen that a couple times, and it's that usually is pretty well. Like, there's like a, um, there's like a Bo Burnham thing where he's like doing like I think it's like fairy tales or like nursery rhymes, but like in like I don't know, like a hip hop type thing, and like he does two of them, and then he's like two examples is enough, and then it just ends. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty interesting because it's like. You know, that only works if people understand that, like, it's established that people do things in threes. Right, right, right. That's a good one. That, uh, that, that, that example, kind of just, just that joke itself, kind of makes me want to watch one of his, his Netflix specials, because I don't think I ever have. Um, yeah, but, yeah, they're great. Um, that one's from Make Happy, I think. Okay, okay. What, um... What what's another favorite joke of yours? Um, well, so this is one that like, you know, I'm still it's still kind of, it's still, it's a little bit new, but it, it's one of those things where I've used it enough that I kind of I kind of get it. Um, it's it's this joke where I start out talking about the American education system and like people say it's failing 
And I don't know if it's failing, but everything I know about the Cambrian era, I learned from the side of U-Haul trucks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I think is, like, personally, I enjoy talking about, and I think it's funny because I would always see things, um, you know, when I was younger, I would see these U-Hauls, like, all the time. Uh, and, like, they, they all had this information that, that um, I, I actually really never learned in school, so I, I felt like it was kind of a true thing. Uh, and then after that, it's like, check out everything that I know about the Cambrian era. And then, like, I, I go into, like, describing the whole era. And, you know, it's it's this thing that is fun for me because I get to go on this long tangent. And uh, it, it was a little bit of a challenge uh, when I first started to, like, not run out of breath um, and to remember, you know, the order because um, it's, it's like a few sentences. It's not, like, a whole lot, but basically... I kind of have it in a specific order and like I usually say it somewhat quickly because the, the, the it's, it's like, you know, the, this, the Cambrian era lasts approximately 53 million years and it was characterized by rapid expansion and, and so on and so forth. Um, and I say it kind of quickly because it doesn't really matter if the audience knows exactly what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. as long as everyone understands, it's like, Oh, he's giving all this information about the Cambrian era. And he learned it from, um, the side of the U-Haul truck, whatever, that's basically the information that's most important. So, like, it's more important for me to, like, fluidly, like, get through it than than to clearly enunciate everything. Um, especially when, uh, like, it's not super important, the, the, like, the specific details. And then after that, it's like, the punchline or the ending part is like, it's crazy that I know all that information because just because when I was a kid, my dad stopped living with us. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, that I think is fun because it's like the reveal is that I saw the the side of U-Haul trucks because my parents got all divorced and uh, my uh, my old man done left us and he, he, he had to move out, so that's why U-Haul truck was there. To, 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 painful, like, to painfully spell out the joke, it feels weird, like, <laughs> describing it. Um, but I, I just, I think that joke is one that I really enjoy. Um, one, because I get to like talk about the Cambrian era. Um, well, I don't, I don't really care about it, but I just, I like the, I like the being able to like, to go on this, this long winded, um, thing. And then I also think it's funny that like my, my parents divorce is involved because like, in reality, my parents did get divorced when I was younger, but you know, it, it wasn't really a bet of like a bad. It wasn't that big of a deal because they handled it pretty well. Um, but I, but like people's immediate assumption is like, oh my god, like divorce is like. I don't know. I feel like people assume it's worse than it actually is. So yeah. like sometimes I like bringing it up because if people like, because especially if like like the rare. A lot of people's parents like have, you know, some issues. So it's it's like fine that they don't give a shit. But if if you if I talk to someone who has like two parents that love each other, bringing up my my bringing up like how my parents are divorced makes them really uncomfortable. And I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So so like so like I'll bring it up because like to me I know it wasn't a big deal, and it's like I don't feel sorry for myself in, in any in any way. But um, I think it's funny because people have that perception of like. Oh, that sucks. That's that's really sad. 
Um, I know it's not that sad, but when I'm performing, I think it's funnier to to to. It's funnier if I play it up, and so th- that's that's a, a joke that I kind of enjoy. Well, yeah, that I, it is funny because I've heard you tell that joke a couple times, and I always forget where the punchline, where like what the punchline is, um, and yeah. I'm always surprised by it. Uh, I, I will be honest. I did not know that U-Haul trucks had interesting facts on the side. Uh, that is a, okay. a gap in my knowledge, but it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the joke because uh, I still get, you know, the you know the, the the reveal like you were saying. So yeah, okay. Yeah, That's I, actually, like interesting to me. That's like good feedback because like when I was writing it, I just assumed that everyone knew what what I was talking about with the U-Hauls. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't even know if the uh, the whole, like, thing that I go in and I'm like, the Cambrian era was this or whatever. Like, I got that off of a Wikipedia page. I don't know if they actually had anything about the Cambrian era on the uh, side of an actual U-Haul truck. But the I think people kind of get it because, like, there there's a lot of them that have just, like, random information. And I know some of them have stuff about, you know, um, past, like, prehistoric um, time periods, but yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know the specifics, but yeah, like it's it's interesting to me because I I just assumed that everyone had seen those. I'm I am surprised that more play more things don't have random facts on them. It seems like it'd be a really easy um, thing to incorporate in a uh, in a product just on the yeah. package, just. Uh, and it can be a fact about the product, but I mean, right? Yeah, because I mean, there's no reason why you all should have things on their side. I mean, it's it's it seems like a good idea, and I'm you know I'm surprised it doesn't get. I'm also surprised yeah. the Laffy Taffy model doesn't get used more often with the yeah with the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why don't more things have like dad jokes on them? Yeah, right, right. I mean, like, why, why can't I be like buying a car and then like I pop the trunk and it's like how's <laughs> the chicken across the road? Yeah, I mean, there, there's an endless supply of dad jokes. I mean, we'll run out of melodies before we run out of dad jokes, so <laughs> you might as well like. Right. No. Uh, um. Well, I guess uh, my one of my favorite jokes is a uh, story, and uh, it's, it's very short, and it's it's based on a true story. Uh, it's from my teaching experience when uh like where like I had a student come in late and she was like, Oh, I was sick. It was an eight AM class. But it was clear that she had been out the night before. Like it was very clear. Like the way she was dressed and like like she had all this makeup on. Like there was I mean, she wasn't sick. That wasn't uh and then I and then I I've had students show up to class with X's on their hands and so uh I've combined I combined that uh, into right. into one story, and uh, I remember the first time I told that joke, it was it went over okay because the, the joke is, um, you know, I had a student say, "Hey, um, you know, I'm sick. I was sick all weekend. I didn't have my paper." And I'm like, "Well, what's with the X on your hand?" It's like, "Oh, this is where the doctor gave me a shot." And I created a writing class, so I gave her an A, and. <laughs> I, there's a couple reasons why I like that joke. It's it's it is a story, so you 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 fall into that story format. It's not a long one. I mean, if I tell it right, it's less than thirty seconds. Right, um, right. 
but and I usually do it early in the set because uh, I have to establish like you know I feel like I can be a little wordy at times during my jokes and so I like to let the audience know that I'm a college professor you know and that you know kind of establishes something and then that story gets them even if it's just from that moment to see things from my perspective you know because I mean it's obvious when I say that the X was on her hand like, I usually get some laughs there because everyone knows that you know they, they, if they're if, she, if that student is sick it's because they did it to themselves by drinking too much the night before so yeah, exactly uh, and then the creative writing part uh it, it just as the punchline, and it, it, it kind of lightens it up, and I feel like they, they kind of laugh with me, you know, even though I'm the teacher. Usually you would, most people don't identify with the authority figure. You know, most people were students, not teachers. So uh, I like it. it um, it's a story. I can, I can tell it early and kind of get, you know, some momentum going. And it, I feel like it's, it, it always gets some laughter because... I mean, everyone's been in school. You know, you have some sort of school yeah. experience, um, and I think the fact that uh, you know, I give her, an, I give her an A at the end of the story, uh, makes it kind of like a happy, you know, happy ending. And then, yeah. and then, I, and then I go, and it's a, you know, community college, so she gets, she at least gets a B for showing up. You know, that's the tag, right. and that usually gets some laughs because I'm, I'm not really making fun of the student. I mean, I'm, I'm making fun of myself because I mean I'm, I'm the one teaching there um, so it's not even really about students or community colleges I think it's more about me that said if I was telling jokes at a community college I I don't think I would add that tag I would just end with the X part but right um, so that so those are yeah, two I always like you know I've, I've heard you tell that one a few times and, uh, and I, it's one of my favorites um, and it always does pretty well if I recall, recall correctly, but, uh, I'm, I'm like thinking about like the punchline where, where you say like, and then I gave her an A cause it's a creative writing class, Yeah. which I think is, um, super funny, but I'm, I'm wondering like, maybe I, I'm just thinking about it. Like, I feel like it's kind of relatable, even though people aren't most people aren't professors, most people aren't, you know, teachers, uh, or instructors in any sense. Uh, I think, like you said, everyone's been in school, so everyone knows that, you know, there's some students that just give no effort. Um, and then also I feel like the, uh, the funny thing about it is kind of like your frustration with this person where it's like so obvious and so like blatant that they're lying to you. And then, it almost reaches a point where you just like give up and you give her an A kind of thing because it is a creative writing class. I think that's, I, I think that's super funny. And like, I wonder if maybe that's part of the like emotion that people connect to. Oh yeah. I can see that. I had thought about that where it's almost like what she did. She, she did something you're not supposed to do, which is lie and right. showed up like she did all these things and she did them to such an extent that it worked in her favor. Like it almost seesawed everything. Yeah, um, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I mean, and, and, and obviously 
different people probably laugh for different reasons. But yeah, I think that that's right. an interesting thing that like, you know, I mean, does does the joke work as well if it's if it's not so blatant? Um, you know, uh, I don't know. Right. But, and, and then, but I, yeah, I just, I, I kind of, and I, and I have another teaching story, but I, I won't share it here, but uh, I think I need to, I'm going to try to mine more of my uh, teaching experiences for the joke, for my jokes, but it's a lot harder than I thought. Like, I, like, I feel like when I'm talking to people or if I'm just thinking about my, or driving, it seems like there's all this weird stuff. But then when I sit down and try to punch it up, it's like nothing comes to mind or not, not in a, a solid way. But um, I, I do need to do more with school because everyone has a school experience and everyone has had bad school experiences. And I imagine uh, most people have had some good school experiences, Right. Uh, maybe fewer than bad ones, but at least something. So I need to, um, I need to do something. So. Uh, yeah, definitely. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good. Um, it's a good like I don't know comedy resource, I guess. Um, because again, it's something that is somewhat relatable in the sense that everyone's been to school. Just about. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that, but you know, most people. Have, have been educated so that, you know, that environment is familiar to most people. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think, and I think the, uh, you, you learn this more as a comic. You know, you think that um, just something that happens that's ironic, that could be a story, and that's not the case. Like, you still have to punch it up and right, yeah. make it work. And, and I, I think that is a something that a lot of early comics fall into where they think, oh, I have this really funny story. Um, and it's it's funny because it's kind of crazy, but then it's like you still have to push it through a joke filter to make it crazy. Um, it's, yeah. it's very few stories are crazy on their own. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the um, like, like new comics will come up and tell stories. Um, you know, something that happened to them that is interesting to them um, because it happened to them and, and is interesting maybe to their friends because, you know, they know who's involved or whatever. Um, but when you get up there and, and you're telling this story that happened to you, for first of all, to you, it, it might be crazy because it literally happened. But if you're telling the story at some place where there's other people telling stories that they made up that they're just using to get a laugh, they don't care if it's true. They just want people to be entertained. Mm-hmm then it ends up oftentimes where the story they tell is way more interesting and crazy than the story you told. And it doesn't matter that it really happened and theirs didn't because, you know, who cares? Yeah, right, right. I, I agree. I think, um, I mean, that happened last night with uh, a comic and an open mic. He told this story where he was making fun of someone or making fun of the situation. Uh, yeah. And, and he had like a whole joke or a whole story sort of centered around this, like this was part of his bit. And then um, I guess apparently he had told that joke at an earlier mic earlier in the day, and the person who he's making fun of, the situation he's making fun of, their cousin, was in the audience. Wow. Well, and so he tells it at our mic, the later mic, um, that the cousin was there. 
And it wasn't really funny because like it's it's not really that funny that I was making fun of this guy or this situation and then the dude's cousin was there. You know what I mean? Like right. there's there has to be something more Yeah. Like cuz that's not really a punchline. I mean Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I I remember one time I was at this mic and this guy got up and I'm pretty sure he said it was his first time, so like I get it. Yeah. Um but like he he was just telling the story about like man my uh my friend got back from boot camp and then we went out and and got really drunk and uh then we just went around and did obnoxious stuff for hours and like it was it that was basically the whole story but it was like a full 4 minutes or however long he had to tell this thing and um it was just really sad, <laughs> to to be honest, because I don't know. If, I'm sure you've met people like this who who are very interested in like their image. Yeah, but yeah. They're, but they're bad at. But they're bad at it. Like like some people are are good at it, so they can kind of. It's, it's not as annoying, but like there's people who really want you to think that they're like tough or interesting or cool. So then they'll be like, "This story happened to me," and then it just ends up being kind of not impressive and it's just kind of obnoxious mm-hmm. you know when you meet someone and they're like let me tell you this story about this crazy thing i did with my butt dale and you're like oh christ yeah yeah um it was like that but for four minutes with a microphone yeah and yeah. so it was like oh god um but i i think you know i mentioned that because it's it's just one of those misconceptions that like you know a story may be funny to you um but that doesn't mean that it's funny. Yeah. Like, and because it's a different setting. Like, like here's one story that I don't tell. One time I was returning my books uh, at the end of a semester, and these two girls started calling me a faggot. Like, like I, I think that that's funny because it happened to me, but I would never get up and tell it because there's no punchline. It's just they called me faggot a bunch of times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah yeah that that happened actually but it's one of those things where it wouldn't convert to to uh to a joke if you know what i mean right right i mean i'm i feel like you could punch it up and and squeeze a couple laughs out of it but yeah i feel you i I, I don't know i wouldn't want i i I think i feel you're not really wanting to go that route because i feel like uh sorry go ahead ahead. well i was just gonna say because of because of what they call you, it could be tricky. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That's why I wanted to avoid it because it's like I'm not a part of that community. And, like, um, you know, I, I had never been called that in my life. So it was like it was a thing that bothered me. It made me it made me it kind of annoyed me. But um, it was a thing that didn't, you know, it didn't ruin my day. I thought it was it was a thing that was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that. And then, like. You know, I told people that I, you know, knew, you know, friends or whatever. And it was just one of those things where it's like, this crazy thing happened to me. But, you know, I don't have the same experience as everyone else. So if there's someone who, you know, um, is gay or lesbian or anything like that, and they dealt with that, you know, slur for such a long time, it's like, that's a way bigger deal. And it wouldn't be funny. Um, right. In that sense. So I, I've thought about it. And the one thing I 
I think might work well is if I like was really like if I over exaggerated it and was like, yeah, I understand your struggle now because I've been called that once. Um, that 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 might be something that would go over well, but it could also like go over poorly. So. Right, right. If they're just like, ooh, once kind of thing. Yeah, um, but it, I can yeah. see it. Yeah. Uh, well, we are at the forty minute mark. Um, yeah. So uh, I gotta ask, man. Anything you you want to plug? Uh, I don't think so. I have anything at the moment. I have this Thursday of the Thursday, this Friday, Chattanooga and um, Palace Theater. Uh, me and uh, Brad Sativa will be competing in the Cutthroat Comedy Competition. Hell yeah! And that's this Friday at seven p.m. If you're in Hamilton County, Hamilton County, pull up on us. Um, and uh, this will be good. It'll be the second, uh, you know, crazy comedy experience that Brad and I have had this week. I told you about it off the air. We'll talk a little <laughs> bit about um, how we uh, got kicked out of a bar and I think banned from a mic. I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure Brad is. I don't know if I am, but I'm not going back. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next week on a Worst Shows edition. Um, yeah. You know some of our worst experiences doing stand up, uh, but uh, yeah, that is it. Uh, beautiful people, we uh, release you to go out into the world. Um, take our comedy knowledge, only do good with it. All right, all right. Take it easy, y'all. Later, later, man.